Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Freedom Announcer Podcast. I'm Louie, and today I've got my friend Mike here with me. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Louie. Thanks for inviting me on your podcast. I appreciate the honor. Yeah, for sure. The, and on my podcast, I ask these questions that I, I feel like people, well, us, people in the church, think, but we don't bring up because maybe it's taboo. You're not supposed to ask that. Or we're not supposed to call each other out on the stuff that we're supposed to do, but we're not doing. So today's question is maybe like this, some attribute it as a verse, some a cliche, but this this question, and I want to hear your thoughts. Um, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. What do you think about that? Well, Louie, that to me is not even church speak. It's American upbringing, do good unto others type verbiage that's attributed to the Bible that actually isn't in there. Like, I think the big one for me is the Lord helps those who help themselves. Yeah. Okay, so good luck finding that in the Holy Bible because it's not there. Yeah. Now, do we reap what we sow? Yes, we do. If we make no effort, are we likely to cash in on great things that God has in store for us? Uh, not as much. But in, in this case, let's go to the Word. Yeah. Because it's real easy for a couple of guys sitting around to say, well, I believe this or I believe that. And what's the natural answer to that, that question going to be? Well, well, that's your truth. Yeah, your truth. So the Holy Bible itself says, let's see. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, let's go for the NIV. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So, Louis, that to me doesn't mean God doesn't give us any burdens that we can't bear. If anything... I believe that God's power is shown more through us doing the incredibly impossible or unlikely that yeah. people wouldn't be able to say, oh, well, of course he could do that. He's a great, strong guy, or she's a wonderful speaker, or that person's brilliant. Of course they could do that. They don't need a God for that. So when I think about the different characters in the Bible, he didn't make the greatest public speaker yeah stand in front of people he made the guy who could barely mumble words out right so similarly i think about the statement you opened with saying that god doesn't give us any burdens that we can't bear and saying well that's that's not true so according to this verse first corinthians 10 13 he doesn't give us any temptations beyond what we can bear without a back door an escape clause, a way to run, okay? You and I are both married men, all right? Beautiful woman comes and starts hitting on us, okay? We're not obligated to stand there and take it. Mm -hmm. Might be tempted, let's be honest here. Might make us feel good about ourselves momentarily. However, no one's chaining us down and making us stay in that position. Yeah. If I have an eating problem, no one's dragging me to the buffet on Lancaster saying, thou shalt 
uh, scarf down as much food as you can, although yeah. it might be tempting. And it yeah. might be fun for the moment, depending on the restaurant. Yeah, for sure. But there's an out. Yeah. There, there's absolutely a way out of that situation. So going back to the Bible, right? Pharaoh's wife hits on somebody, he runs out. Now, granted, his clothing gets left behind, he gets framed. Okay, but he didn't have to stay. He could have, but he didn't want to dishonor his master. Therefore, he didn't want to sleep with his wife, right? So temptation's always going to be there, and it comes in different forms, and I think that the enemy customizes it for each individual. Definitely. So what tempts you might not affect me whatsoever, but the enemy can and probably will use those buttons that push me to get excited about something I should get excited about. Yeah. And, you know, when I when I first hear that normal line of, of God doesn't give us more than we can handle, I, I think it's normally, it's supposed to be a feel-good thing. Um, I think. Like, not even for the, just for the Christian, but for the unbeliever as well. Uh, they, I've heard a lot of unbelievers say it. God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. Meaning like, you got this, buck up, you can do it. And if applying to the believer's life, that is completely untrue because you know, what is something that we can't handle? Uh, the Christian life without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to live the Christian life. And so, so this notion of God doesn't give us more anything, anything more than we can handle is is completely untrue. It's totally taking this verse out of context, um, not out of context, misquoting the verse. Um, and in I have this uh, the version International Children's Bible, and so how it says it in there is. He will not let you be tempted more than you can stand, but when you are tempted, God will also give you a way to escape that temptation. Then you will be able to stand it. And I think what if we're looking even at the verse of God doesn't, God won't give you, uh, won't let you be tempted more than you can stand. Um, I think sometimes we take it that we're not going to be tempted. Um, I'm so close to the Lord that I'm not going to have any temptation in life because my my relationship is so great. But the next part of that says, but when you are, not if you are, but when you are tempted, he's going to give you a way to escape, just like those different scenarios that that you brought up in in some Bible stories. Um, What are your thoughts about when when we as Christians do say like I'm maybe I'm above these these things that God's gonna might throw my way I I'm so close to the Lord my relationship is so great I've heard this at some at some times um, that believers think they're above temptation think they're above falling uh, how, what do you think about that? How does someone even get there? I think it's a lack of humility. And doesn't pride come before a fall, yeah. biblically? And whether it's in people I've met or at times from a pulpit, I've heard them. 
Mm. I've heard the haughtiness about them. And I wonder how many people have heard such words and thoughts and conceitedness, in my opinion, that have turned people away Mm. from Christianity because they think that's what it's about. I have heard that there's a denomination of Christianity that believes that you can achieve a sinless existence on this earth. Mm. Now, I wasn't raised in that church. So I asked a friend of mine who attended such a church, and he said, oh, yeah, some people talk about that, but no, I don't, I don't believe that. So mm. it's more of a, a traditional teaching, but I don't think it's possible on this earth because we need God. I mean, in the Bible, doesn't it talk about on our greatest days that we are worse than filthy rags, like talking like menstrual cleanup rags, mm-hmm. right? And that's at our very best. Yeah. Which only is just a reminder, a graphically visual reminder that we can't do it without the saving grace of what Jesus Christ has already done on that cross. And, you know, when I when I think about some of those uh, that you say lack humility it it really drives a wedge in between what could be the the outreach to those that they're speaking to um because you know how do you relate to your listeners you identify with them you share stories that they're going to relate to um and and then in the the christian context a, a pastor would uh, preach things that God tells that person to share with the the congregation. Um, but if you're someone that is sharing things that you are above, uh, that doesn't resonate with the congregation, the everyday person. Um, so how can we how can we resonate with people um, with this verse? Uh, God can't, well, with the saying, God's not going to give you anything more than you can handle or bear. How would you respond to, and let's let's first say an unbeliever. An unbeliever says, Mike, you know, God's not going to give you anything, or God's not going to give me anything more than I can handle. How would you respond in that situation? I think the first question I would ask, Louie, would be, in regards to what? Or what makes you say that? And try to get where they're coming from. So as you said earlier, maybe it's kind of a word of encouragement saying, yes, you can do this, which really is supposed to mean, yes, you can do this through God and God alone. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's trying to get people out of a mindset of desperation or despair where they can do nothing. So maybe... It's unintentional, but it's not accurate biblically. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think we just want to concentrate on listening to hear what someone has to say versus listening to formulate my next reaction or how I'm going to fire back or that's nice enough about you. That reminds me about me. Right. And if it's... Pointing back toward Christ, then it's good. So I have this imperfect 
theology that makes me think that when we talk to people, we're going to try to ultimately do one of two things. We are either going to say, be more like Jesus, or subconsciously, even from the pulpit or under church speak, we're going to say, be more like me. Mm. So to answer your question about how do we approach people like that, I, th- I think that hopefully it's with a heart of humility and knowing that we can't, as you said, walk this Christian life on our own accord yeah. without the saving grace of Jesus and the Holy Spirit working on our hearts every single day that we're not there while we're still working, walking on this earth. We're not going to be fully there. We're not going to be above temptation. We're not going to be sinless. And I think what you you mentioned, if someone were to tell you this statement, this question, uh, or the statement of God's not going to give me anything more than I can handle, you responded with asking questions, seeking to understand, listening to understand rather than listening to respond. And that is huge. Like we saw Jesus do that with the woman at the well. He asked questions. Um, She didn't understand right away. She asked questions and they got to the heart of the matter. And she was a great evangelist because she went back to the town to say like, I don't know who this guy is, but he told me everything about him and you should go talk to him. And Jesus sought to understand what would it look like if if we did that as believers. So many times, like in in our culture, what we try to do is we listen for the the crack in the statement. We listen for the incorrect piece of it so that I can say, ho, 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 I'm going to address what you just said there and tell you that you're wrong. Here's the right statement. Here's where you can find it in Scripture. I think that's that's what a, a lot of the world sees us as, rather than listening to understand. I wanna I wanna know more about why you said that. Why do you think that way? What did you mean by that? What do you think would happen if us as believers would, instead of listening to respond, we would listen to understand? What would that look like? How would that change our world, our our church, the perception of the outside world to us? What how would that change? I think off the bat, Lou, it would make us more transparent, mm. more humble, and give less of a perception that all Christians are hypocrites and haters mm. and bigots, which to a degree we are. But there are certainly stereotypes that are held against mainstream Christianity and the church that are a lot harsher than held against other people groups. And hopefully just taking our individual experiences or encounters one by one and trying to answer more as Jesus would, more as the Holy Spirit would prompt our heart. And sometimes that means listening more than speaking. But it's tough, isn't it? It's tough to not want to immediately fire back in debate with someone that you don't agree with, right? 
And you know, you know, the easiest thing for me to do is talk about what I know. And the easiest thing for me to do is talk about me. And when you mention something that's incorrect, but I know it, I immediately want to respond with a corrected statement. No, you are wrong. This is actually how it is. And it is so hard to bite my lip, to listen. And I, but I think that's what, that's, that's what Jesus did. There, the, the people that he called out the most were the people that said they were, they were so good, the religious. Um, but the people that he sat down with, talked with, related with, were the prostitutes, the tax collectors, um, the woman at the well. So many of the times when Jesus had those real conversations, it was with people that they didn't think they were worthy. What if we spent more time with them? I think that would be a world of a difference than what we're doing right now. We spend a lot of time with like-minded believers. What if we spent more time listening to understand with unbelievers that uh, maybe are on the fringe of society or whatever? Um, I guess that starts relationally. Yeah. Right? As opposed to meeting someone for the first time, putting them into our little human computer brain and saying, oh, you are in this category. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm going to spit out this answer. Yeah. So how do we get to a point, Louis, where we're speaking truth and love simultaneously? So I got a quote for you. It's from a gentleman named Warren Wearsby, Mm -hmm. and it's, truth without love is brutality. And love without truth is hypocrisy. Hmm. So I really believe that with the current culture that a lot of Christians fear getting kind of cornered and having to go out of their way to speak love to those that they might not have spoken love to earlier on. Mm -hmm. But to balance love and truth together, I don't know exactly had to do that quite right. I, I think it does take a lot of failure and success and failure and success. We, we, we want to get it right the first time. Who wants to fail? Not many people, um, except for, you, I think the people maybe that want to fail are the ones that know that the more failures you have, the more closer you are to success. Hmm. Um, but man, this was, uh, this was a great conversation to talk about with the the statement of God doesn't give us more than we can handle and then saying this first Corinthians verse is actually what it is we we are not going to give be given more than we're uh, we're not going to be tempted more than we can handle um, but when we are tempted he's going to give us a way out uh, what would you say as closing to the everyday Christian, the everyday uh, listener to this podcast, um, when when I do come up on times when, man, this is just really hard, uh, maybe it's something that I'm bearing or trying to handle or a temptation, uh, what is your encouragement to them to do? What should they do? having a hard time 
being tempted, what should they do? I don't know where he got it from, but one of my favorite pastors has said that you become most like the five people you invest, you invest the most time with. Mm. Maybe that's your five closest friends or family members, those around you. So I think it's really easy for us to want to be embarrassed to the point where we don't seek help and we avoid accountability because we want to look as good as we can to as many people as possible. Mm. So I don't think it should be everybody, nor do I think it should be on social media. In fact, I think it should especially not be on social media in most instances. But I think that if you pray to God that he will point you to that one small circle or maybe even that one individual Christ-following friend that you can be 100% transparent with, judgment-free, I think that the truth is what sets you free. So being able to share the actual truth with a best bud level relationship, one-on-one in private, uh, preferably, I think that that is a tool to help get to that point, that you don't despair, you don't feel like you're alone, you don't feel like you're the only person who has ever been tempted, because we all have, and we all will. Yeah. And obviously, the popular Christian-speak church answer is, oh, well, if you just ask God, or you pray hard, and you want it badly enough, you'll get it. Well, that, that may or may not be true, depending on the circumstance. And you, you brought it up before, the, 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 the balance of truth and love. Finding, uh, talking to God about it is, is yes, for sure. But God has given us people, like you said, to um, connect with, to confide in. And if you don't have that person, ask God for help in finding that person uh, to confide in, to be able to share what is happening what you are bearing at the moment, what you're being tempted at or with um, so that they can share the truth of God's word and love you at the same time. Um, It's going to be hard. Temptation's not easy. (laughs) Um, Bearing things isn't easy, but God is with us. Um, As a believer, God is with you. And then if you are tempted... He will give you a way to escape. Then you will be able to stand it. Um, and doesn't God promise he will never leave us nor forsake us? Yes. I'm, there's, And even for some people listening, you may have felt like God hasn't le- God's left. God's not answering. Um, but there, that is a promise. God will not leave or forget about you. So... You, if you are a believer, you're in the right place right now asking God for help, reading his word, seeking uh, counsel, friends to be able to hold you accountable, lift you up, share the truth and love. Mike, this has been a, a really fun time. Thanks so much for talking with me about this question statement that we, that we talk about. Thanks for having me, Louie. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Good. And the and for all the questions and uh, doubts, things that I think about that probably some of you maybe 
also have the same questions and doubts and things. Uh, We'll talk about more of them here on the Freedom Announcer podcast. Thanks for listening.